And welcome into a new episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo here. Uh, Chip Murphy out on vacation, a well-deserved vacation. He's been working real hard, uh, knocking out these podcasts left and right. So uh, taking a little time off. So I'm going to uh, not do this one solo. That's the nice news. I, usually when Chip is out or something, I, I go solo here. But I have a special guest joining me, and that's J.P. Barry. Now, many of you New York fans have no idea who he is, okay? All right? And this <laughs> is the connection that I have with him. Uh, my career, my, my journalism career, I host a Saturday morning uh, sports show. I used to do it a weekday show, uh, but I went back to school doing different things as well. So I still host a Saturday morning show uh, for Fox Sports in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And JP, you are actually an intern right now at yes. the station you you played for the intern the intern yes and you you um play football for one of the schools the main school that we we cover during football season and all that but the reason why i had you on is because the first time that i met you you told me you're a big new york nick fan and i thought i was probably the only new york nick fan in this area so that That's it's nice to know I'm not alone. It's beautiful. Exactly. It's beautiful. Exactly. I know what you had to feel like you were alone, right? Like, you know, oh, yeah. you had the same feeling. I walked around with like my, my Knicks shirt on after we just lost by like 30, starting Emmanuel Moutier at point guard. And people would be like, why are you a Knicks fan? Oh, what is that? I was just, you know. And that's the thing. That's what I'm curious to know. Cause I know you've, we've talked about it before, but how did you, how, where's the connection? Cause you're, you're a New York, every, you're, you're a giant fan. You're a, which, which me and chip wouldn't agree with you. We're, we're jet fans. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Knicks, right. Giants, yeah, unfortunately. Rangers, yeah. Rangers, Knicks, uh, Yankees as well. Yes, where, Yankees. where does the New York fandom come from? My dad is from New Jersey. He's from, uh, East Orange, New Jersey. My grandfather went to Seton Hall and all that. So lots of connections in that area. And he, my grandfather would take my dad and his brothers to Yankees games and they, they'd watch all the, you know, every summer they'd go. And so he has a lot of memories of watching, you know, Lawrence Taylor and, you know, the nineties Yankees and the nineties Knicks. So that, and then, you know, when he married my mom and all that, she was a big sports fan from the South. So both of them have rubbed off on me with their sports fandoms. So sometimes it works out really great. And I get to watch the Yankees and the Braves be awesome. And then sometimes I'm a Knicks and a Hornets fan. So basketball is suffering. <laughs> so there you have it. That's how you have the New York connection there. And we, we were talking the first time that we met a couple of months ago and we, I said, you know, why don't you try to come on the podcast with them? What a perfect week to have you on. Some people out. I don't have to go solo. You're here to fill in and keep a conversation going with me. So let's jump into it, okay? We're, we're a little busy right now at this time of year, obviously with the draft last week, free agency already starting. Uh, and 
right off the bat, the Knicks are active, spending a lot of money. I think $53 million within the first day, which right off the bat right there, that's a little not normal that I'm used to. Like the last several years of free agency, like I feel like I'm like, okay, what are we doing? Like, yeah. like are we going to make a move? Other teams you know? making moves. Because right. I, remember, I remember in 2019, I was sitting there and I was on vacation. So I was in like a, I was in like a house in Charleston or or whatever. And I was sitting there, I was refreshing my Twitter feed. I was like, and nothing was happening. We're we going to do something. Right. Is, was the media lying to us this whole time about Katie and Kyrie newsflash? They were. Well, I could have, if you listen to this podcast, we, we told you that that's, that's not going to happen. Oh yeah. I, I knew, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I was just still holding out a little hope. I'm, wow. I'm, a rudimentary amount of hope, you know, but, but left and right day one news was coming out, Nick signing, Nick signing. And that right there is a little unusual. Now, obviously day one, we'll talk about some of the moves here, obviously. And, and from day one, it looked like the plan was to bring some of these guys back from a year ago and kind of build off of what this team was able to do. So before we get into the new name, we, we bring back Derrick Rose on a three-year, $43 million deal. We bring back Alex Burks on a $30 million, uh, three-year, $30 million deal. And then New Orleans Noel on a $32 million deal over three years as well. Um, I know you have a little bit more on those, those contracts other than what those numbers simply just show. You were talking to me about it before we recorded. Um, but for me when the season ended last year, you know, you, we looked at what guys are on this team. What, what guys do, do we absolutely need back? And it wasn't necessarily like you needed these guys back. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. nice to have these guys back. It, it, right? It's good. For, Cause the last time the Knicks were good, 2013, it, you knew, like, I love that team, but you knew it wasn't really sustainable because they were so old. That was this, this is different. I mean, your oldest player was Derrick Rose, who's really only in his low 30s. So being able to build off of continuity, my big three guys I wanted us to re-sign were Burks, D-Rose, and Noel, and, and hit on all three of them. You know, and that that was the thing. Well, Rose, I, obviously I wanted – I'm not disappointed. First off, let me go and say that I'm not disappointed at all. That these oh, yeah. guys are back. I, I love that they're back, and I'm so excited about next season uh, with these guys returning. But I never thought Rose – like, I figured he was not coming back, right? Like, you know, I heard – I kind of bought into the him going back to Chicago. Right, and, and that's what I was hearing a lot before free agency. I was and just I, like, you know, I, I just don't see the Knicks probably getting them. But then the Bulls jump on Lonzo Ball, which, by the yeah. way, some Knicks fans are are – disappointed about that they're not not all of them i i see this a lot on nick facebook right where everybody's screaming that we didn't sign lonzo ball i like lonzo ball but i'm not giving him four years 85 million dollars these contracts like i was sitting there waiting and around the nba i was like wow these contracts duncan robinson 90 million dollars and that's just how it is now it's it's just it's just so get Every new contract made me more appreciative that Alec Burks took $30 million over three years. With and, a, and that, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you start off with Derrick Rose off the bat. I, I love that they bring that he's back, you know, and again, I didn't really anticipate that. 
Um, I was a little surprised to see the Knicks jumped on the, these guys though right away. Like they didn't even yeah, go after the other guys. They went for their group to, to have that chemistry that what they built on, you know, throughout the season, that was something that was a big deal. If you remember around the trade deadline, the one thing that Thibodeau's and everybody kept saying was we don't want to break up this core group. It's something's working. Something's clicking. Something works. You know, it, it just works. The chemistry was right. It was, it so was starting. I it think was that plays. That plays a part into why these guys were, I guess, first priority. That they jumped on these guys and signed them right away. Didn't even give these teams another chance to even swoop in and make yeah. a deal for them. And you know, what's when we break it through? That that's all that can be said is that I'm thrilled that each of these guys are back. Now, there's a lot of people that feel like Noel is replaceable. Right, like you yeah. can find a guy to do what Noel did for less money, and I think there is some truth to that. However, Especially though, the offensive end, but his defensive, even even so, though you might be able to find somebody that is a rim protector that you're only going to play 15, 20 minutes and pay him significantly less. However, I, me personally, really want to Noel back. Yeah, and, and I, I know, loved, I know. I loved him as a as a Nick. He was perfect. You know, I just I and, and we talk about this a good bit on this podcast. Is sometimes that we as fans kind of you know overhype our players, and yeah. just oh, because yeah. we we just grow with them, you know. And Noel doesn't do a lot of things that show up on this stat book, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the dirty work that that guy did, and really kept us going when Mitchell Robinson had an injury plagued season all year. Played oh, great yeah. minutes for us when we needed him to. Probably played more minutes than he, you know, you're going to get production out of. But the rim protection, the, uh, one of the leaders in block shots, uh, the hustle, just the energy that he brought, I think is a big component. So I, I'm happy Noel is back. That's one guy that I would be sad to see go for the little things that he that he brings to the table. So it's not like yeah. a massive splash but i think it's important to have somebody like him especially with mitchell robertson coming off these these injuries this year you know i think he was in less foul trouble than he typically was early on he was in foul trouble a lot but it seemed like he was getting away from that playing a little bit smarter but obviously a guy that's going to try to challenge people will pick up fouls you need to have somebody like noel coming off your bench to give those minutes to kind of keep it going, not get you killed on the board. And I, I'm, I'm happy that these guys are back and, and we'll talk about it from the outside perspective of why people are, because there's mixed reviews on this, right? Even not just from Nick fans, Nick, there's some Nick fans that love it. There's some Nick fans who are, are disgusted with it and wish that, I mean, I guess maybe what the bulls did with DeRozan and Alonzo Ball and, and those kind of moves. There's a small group there, but more so even outside. Like if you look around the, just the national medias that are talking about the Knicks free agency, you got some that say this is a great job. Some are saying they hate it. So, I mean, I, I'll go into that in a second here. But for me, JP, I'm just – I am I love that these guys are back and, you know – yeah, they, they, I, it surprised me a little bit the money that was laid out for these guys. This is kind of what these contracts are. These guys are getting that much money now. It's just the way it is with the TV deals and all the marketing stuff. Contracts are getting bigger. You know, that's that's the market for these guys. 
uh, and, and getting some guys that played some key roles for us last year and helped us win 41 games. I mean, I, some might think it's a fluke. I, I think these guys are legitimately, uh, you know, players that they, they just like playing with each other. As you said, the chemistry is there. Uh, and I feel good that these guys are back. I love it. So JP, I know you're trying to chime in, you know, talk about your reaction with these guys here. Yeah. I mean, you really kind of hit, hit it, hit it just right on the nail. I love them. I love Burks. I love Noel. I love D Rose. I, I mean, you can point to different points in the season where all three of those guys were like instrumental in the success you got fourth quarter Alec Burks, his just crazy ability last season to just turn it, find an extra gear. D Rose is amazing facilitating, uh, making up for certain lacking at point guards that we're not going to name. <laughs> Noel had those monster blocks against Dallas, Atlanta, and just so many other like big games on prime like uh, the the Dallas game especially comes to mind because it was prime time ESPN during the win streak people were starting to pay attention to hey you know the Knicks are actually kind of something this year and I just remember him stuffing uh, a guy from the Mavericks at the rim late in the fourth quarter and it was such a big play and it it practically sealed the win for the Knicks and it's just those guys from a stat sheet point of view, they're not like the greatest, you know, but they bring so much off of it. And I mean, they're, they're just great. They're not well, great. Like you said, we overrate our players as fans sometimes, but they're not scrubs. Oh, they're, yeah. They're not, they're not, a. they're not, I was looking at that a, a lineup. I saw a tweet earlier today. It was like, we survived this to get to this. It's not Damian Dotson and Kadeem Allen. You know, we're not re- we're not re-signing Emmanuel Moutier to a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. Right. So, and, and you know, it's one of the things that that I think is also not really being discussed is Tosh Gibson's back too. They yeah, bring him back he, on a low-end deal, and you know, one of the guys that uh, is a big friend of our show here and does a great job with Nick film school, Jonathan Macri, he was tweeting it uh, and talking about, you know, it's, it's an important move because Tosh Gibson's demeanor never changes. His work ethic never changes despite, I mean, look at all the games that he just sat on the bench. Like he was just a person on the bench and then all of a sudden gets thrust into minutes and had to play important. And he just, he's always a professional, always comes to work. And I mean, the truth is this in that Hawk series, you can make the argument that our two best players were Derek Rose and Tosh Gibson. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I would think were that unbelie- they the kept death. us in it. They kept us in it. I mean, D Rose, those games in Atlanta, D Rose was the only reason they weren't blowouts all the way through. When yeah. he started, he, they finally started him after an entire season of starting he who shall not be named. Uh, it was it was just D Rose and Taj Gibson, then both back and forth, and obviously like in the back of your head, second quarter, Nick's up by like three or tied. You knew it wasn't sustainable with D Rose and Taj for forty eight minutes, but it was it was still a lot of fun. You know, it, it, and I just think these guys had a great year last year, better than what anybody ever thought. And to me, why not give them the chance to build on it? 
you know, that that's what I kind of like about it. Um, you know, I think other people wanted these guys out, bring some new players in to me, you know, yeah, you don't here, here's the argument that a lot of people are making, right? Like why some don't like the moves the Knicks made here. They say they bring back the, these core guys that are solid and they'll still be solid, but they're looking at what other teams are doing and going, those teams are significantly better. Like they look at the Miami heat. To me, the Miami Heat, even though, yeah, we finished ahead of them last year, overall, they have the the, the more polished I mean, superstar at this uh, point with did Jimmy we, Butler. Did we win a game against the Heat last year? I think we got swept. I can't I, remember. I, we didn't fare well against them. And, and, yeah, we finished better than them. But the Heat, I always had ahead of the Knicks anyway in terms of talent and where they are in development and all that stuff right now. And that's okay. And you might be going, well, how is that the case? Well, it is. And, and despite last season, you know, Jimmy Butler missed so much time early on with COVID. Took him a little while to get back. It seemed like the Miami Heat last year were just playing from behind all season. You know, that's and it just got them. That's that's what it came down to me with them. And they're talking about how they got better. Well, the Heat. In, to, in my eyes, we're already a little bit ahead of us anyway, despite finishing below us, you know? And they add Kyle Lowry, and, they and yeah, the Knicks had probably Lowry targeted, but we all knew this, that it was going to take a whole lot just to bring a Kyle Lowry here. And he's also 36 years old, probably wanting to win rings now, and Miami is in a better situation too. I mean, they were just in the finals a couple years back in, in the bubble. You know what I mean? Like... Yes, is that realistic? That's, that's exactly what I, like, you know, when, when you, before you even said about how the Heat are in a better situation, Larry wants to win, win titles, that's what I was thinking of. Because you can't, a team that's, the Knicks are in a great situation. Don't get me wrong. They're a, their average age of the roster is 26 right now. But a, a, an aging point guard veteran is going to want to sign with a team who was just in the finals and right. is a guy like him away from right. being a contender to go again. Right. And, you know, you, you look at it and you look at what the Bulls done and they're saying the Bulls have now made more moves to put them over the Knicks. DeMar DeRozan's a nice signing for I like what the Bulls did. They have Vooch, they have Levine, they have Lonzo Ball. But in my I, – I, I, like they – this free agent market has made Lonzo Ball look like he was like a must sign. And I like him, but I mean, let's face it, it, it and I, coming into the league, I thought he was going to be doing what Lamelo did this year with Charlotte. He's never even got to that status, in my opinion. He's a good player, and I think the Bulls did what they needed to do to add their team. Um, so are they significantly that much better? You know, they're, they're not going to be easy to beat. But I, I think this Nick team compares pretty well with them, in my opinion, as we move yeah. on, as we'll look at the further moves of the reason why I say that. But that's that was the argument that is all these teams made moves to improve their roster. And all the Knicks did were just bring back guys. They didn't really bring guys to fill in their holes. And obviously what we're going to go to now is they lose Bullock, right? Bullock is gone. He goes to Dallas. The, uh, and they're the, saying basically they replaced him with Evan Fournier. And Fournier is, you know, got the four-year $78 million deal with the Knicks. 
and they just make it seem like he is replacing Bullock. I just, I want people to hear this. I appreciate what Bullock has done and actually really stepped it up because at one point last year, I was calling for the Knicks to make trades to find shooters because he just wasn't hitting consistently the open shot. And then all of a sudden he started hitting (laughs) three pointers at a, a pretty successful rate for us. And I can't complain with the minutes that Bullock got us, but I want people to hear this. It's not just replacing Bullock. Evan Fournier is a better player than Bullock. Hands down. So I don't don't understand how they say we don't get better. We brought back core guys and got a better player than Reggie Bullock. You know, I'm glad Bullock got paid. I'm glad he went and got paid by the Mavs. I'm glad the Knicks weren't the one who are, who are paying him that money. I wouldn't pay him that money ever. Oh no. It's like with Devontae Grant. Cause the Pelicans are paying him a ton of money now. And it's like, good for him. But ugh, I wouldn't pay him that much money. Yeah, and I know, I know there's some, I, I think, I think Chip, and I don't want to speak for him because he's not here. I think Chip likes Devontae Graham. I wasn't, I'm not thrilled about a Devontae Graham because I just don't think he's efficient enough. I mean, he, he has nights he, where he can light it up, but he's just not, he's just too inefficient for my likings. And that's all that is. Um, but when we, we look at Farnier, Farnier is a better player than Bull. And I've oh, seen yeah. some Nick fans upset about this going, why did we spend this much money? I think people get all overhyped over the Olympics. Cause they think it's based off of the Olympics and what he's doing for team France right now. That has nothing to do with it. Oh yeah. This yeah. guy is a score, a guy that can get you offense consistently every single night. You're he's, going he's to get, he averaged eight, like 18 points a game this year. Yeah. And 46% from behind the arc. That's that's why you bring in a guy like that. We need shooters. We need guys that are going to be able to shoot the three ball and spread it out when Randall's attracting attention or Rose is these guys are that's why we didn't win the series against the Hawks. Because oh, yeah. we stopped hitting shots that we hit in the regular season. Farnier to me is a guy that can hit that shot. I I, I absolutely believe so. And I think you know, people are underestimating uh the talent that he has. And I I I I'm not mad about the, the moves the Knicks made there. You know, we talked about the core guys we brought back and how that doesn't bother us. But I think some eyes, not everybody, but I think some eyes are looking as Farnier as more as a, as a guy that is replacing Bullock. It's an upgrade from Bullock. It's an it's, absolute yeah. upgrade. I, I, and now some are going to say, you got to get DeRozan. You got to get DeRozan. That DeRozan's better. DeRozan is a very good player, very good scorer. We'll get to the free throw line, but what does DeMar DeRozan not do very well? Say it with shoot me. Three-point three shooting. What's the NBA about? Three-point three shooting. Point that, I mean, uh, okay. And I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have taken DeRozan, but – I love DeRozan. Please, please don't don't knock this phony move like, you know. And I don't, I think a lot of Nick fans get it or not. And I'm not, not speaking to those at all. I'm talking more to the ones that are kind of criticizing it. Um, I've seen some people ask like, why do we spend overspend for this guy? Or, or again, the people that absolutely wanted Lonzo ball, like he is this like magician that's going to come in. And I know the Knicks need a point guard and all that stuff, but you know, let's stop pretending like he was going to come in and just be like a triple walking, triple double. Cause he really hasn't been that guy consistently. He just hasn't. So they're mad about giving Fournier money that 
fills a need that we need. We need shooters. We need guys that can hit that shot. And it's not that he's just a three-point shooter. He can go get his shot. He can create a shot for himself. It's not – but let, let me let, – again, people, hear me out. Reggie Bullock was a one-trick pony, catch and shoot. That was it. That's it. Sat around the three-point <laughs> line. If he was open, he had a look. He, Evan Fournier doesn't need to necessarily just sit on the three-point line. He can go create a shot. He can score at different levels. And he's he can a better player. It, it, it God just, bless his soul, but Reggie Bullock could not dribble to save his life. I mean, it is, you know, some are, some are questioning, like, he's never made an all-star game. He's never made an NBA all-team or anything like that. I'll tell you what, he's been a very consistent player his, his, his entire career. Yes, he had some injury issues last year. I believe he only played 42 games, um, which, yes, that can be a little concerning. But the guy can score at the basketball. Instantly, I think we're better offensively with him. Um, and I'm excited to see him in a Nick uniform. I know Chip is. <laughs> Chip Chip loves uh, yeah, Evan Varnier, wanted him at the deadline. So I, I can speak for Chip here. I know he is absolutely thrilled to have him. Um, and, and I think Nick fans are going to like this move. The ones that are criticizing it, I think you're going to like this move once, once the season starts and you can see what he can bring to the table. Um, so day one to me, I thought was a very strong start for the Knicks. They were active. They brought back some guys that continuity, the, the chemistry, you know, important pieces there. Yeah. They could have let those guys walk and try to get in the market for other guys, but let them build off of what they did. It seems like we've seen it guys. We've seen this all last year, how tight this group was. Why not build off of that? Yeah. I, I think it's a no brainer. I really, really love what the Knicks did early on in free agency. Now that's going to bring us to the news today. Um, <laughs> obviously, after you look at the roster of what we had after day one, and everybody going, is Derek Rose going to be our starting point guard? And then we got to have some young guys come in and be our backup unit. To me, I didn't feel like the Knicks were done here. A lot of people also didn't I... feel like the Knicks were done here. Uh, and obviously, the thing that stood out to me that the Knicks needed to do was absolutely fine. A point guard, another point guard, Derek and Derek Rose is capable of being a starter, but I think Derek Rose is much more valuable for us coming off the bench. And I'll get into that here in just a second. Yeah, I'll get into that here in just a second. But I think we needed to find another starting point guard. There was still the Dennis Schroeder kind of connections, the Reggie Jackson connection. Um, never did I think Kimball Walker was going to be available to us that easily. Like just bought oh, yeah. out by the Thunder and becoming a Nick. And it's a great I thing. I didn't expect him to be on the Oklahoma City Thunder roster at the beginning of the season. I thought he would get traded. Flip I, didn't for know, a- I, I figured he would be traded at some point, but I figured he yeah. was going to play there. Like I figured he would be like one of those deadline deal type guys. So the fact they just let him go and I mean, do you not see the history of what he's been able to do? Anytime he oh. enters the garden, the guy's disgusting. It, it, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I looked at my phone. I was like, did I read that right? Kimba Walker? Cause I mean, you know, yeah, like you said, did a Schroeder, Reggie Jackson. I was, I was like, yeah, we're probably going to sign one of those guys and it'll be, it'll be whatever. You know, Reggie Jackson had a great playoff run. We need, yeah. We, we absolutely needed to add another point guard. Like, and I, I thought we would, I wasn't comfortable with going into the season with Rose as a starter, young guys coming off the bench right now yeah. to take that role over. I, it just wasn't. And 
you know, I've seen Kimmel because again, me and you are in uh, the Carolinas right now. We're, we're very close to Charlotte. Um, I've gone to Charlotte several times and watched Kimball Walker eat us alive. I watched Kimball Walker um, after the Knicks were down 20, making a run to go back up one with like four seconds left. And I watched Kimball Walker blow right past Pergioni and lay it in at the buzzer to break my heart. I'm so glad this guy's on our team because I always loved Kimba. Always loved Kimba. Always a big fan of him. Um, and now that he, he's a Nick is a, is a great thing. And it's just, it's awesome to see that the, like, didn't the Celtics trade like a first round pick just to get him, and then they okay. traded him to OKC for Hortford? And then it was it was fine and trade. They sent Kimba and picks. Um, they sent they wanted they got Kimba for Terry Rozier and I love pick. it. Why well, it's just that's it's, it's a great awesome. great thing. Yeah, it's a great thing for the Knicks, and it's just awesome to kind of see this kind of come together here. And now here's the concern. Kemba Walker did not have a great year last year. He didn't. But, uh, but even even though it wasn't a great year by his standards, 19 points, six assists, like almost 40% shooting from three is still better than any point guard the Knicks have had in a very long time. That, and again, Nick fans that complained about Alfred Payton. It's not Alfred Payton. Like, like it, you, you, yeah. it's Kemba Walker. You, you know, it's an instant Right. And – you know, to me, I felt like Kimball Walker was rushed back a little bit last year, in my opinion. I, I mean, that's just my opinion. I feel like they got off to that slow start. Uh, they, they brought him back. And again, I think he was just somebody that was playing from behind throughout the whole season and just never really found his rhythm. Now he had more time off this offseason. I expect a better Kimball Walker. And I think coming to the Garden it's going to give him that that pep in his step here. He's not, in my opinion, he's also not going to be playing those like big minutes that he played in Charlotte. You know, he's going to have that time that he's splitting with Rose and all that. I think it's a great fit. I, I, and I love the move here. And here's why I felt like the Knicks needed another guard and why Rose is better off the bench because we already seen that, right? When Rose got mm-hmm. traded to us, uh, at first, JP, I'll be honest, I wasn't, I didn't know how that move was going to help us because my eyes, we needed shooters. But then seeing after the first game, Rose was coming off the bench, which the Knicks needed help in that second unit because early on this year, it was the first unit, Randall, you know, feasting. We kind of lost a little ground when the backup unit would come in. We needed some offense there. And Rose was able to, to, to you know, help out the guys around him and give us a scoring option off the bench and giving those guys a rest that they need to have in order to finish out the game strong. And I also, we also seen how somebody like Obi Toppin, look at the production from Obi Toppin as the season went on playing with Derrick Rose, because Derrick Rose would orchestrate. Exactly. He would tell him, get here, get there. He got him in position to make him successful and give him some easy or, or, you know, a high percentage look. So I think the minutes that Toppin can get pairing with Rose continues to help his development. I think the best thing to do is to have him come off the bench. It even helped out quickly. A lot of yeah. people were afraid. I do a lot of great looks. I mean, and obviously another thing I loved about how the Knicks used D Rose last year, he was kind of a closer. He would come off the bench in right. the first half. They would bring out Alfred Payton for the third 
And then the late third and the right. rest of the fourth, D Rose was like closing the door. And honestly, that could still kind of be the case now because you know you you you're projecting to start Kimball Walker. And let's say Kimball Walker, you know, Rose is having you know himself going, and Kimball Walker might not be his best night. Then you can go with Rose to finish it out, or vice versa, or they both could be out there. You know, there's so many combinations that could be done. I know that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, and that that will play yeah. out. But the point is though. Everybody was afraid about what Rose on the bench will do for Emmanuel quickly, how it's going to take minutes away. It's going to take the ball out of his hands. And Emmanuel quickly looked better with Rose on the floor with him. That He's such a key guy to have with these young players who are going out there in the second unit. Why? Because they know he's somebody they can rely on, somebody that's going to help them be successful. And it gives them a little bit of confidence to go out there and be able to do some things. And he puts them in great positions to do so. So I, I, that was the thing after day one was we got to find another guard. We got to find a good quality guard. Uh, and gosh, it's Kimball Walker. Like that is unbelievable. Um, and I, I think last year, you know, the injury season, I don't, I, 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 my gut's telling me, I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem. So, you know, overall, what do I, what do I think of this team? We're going to be a competitive team. That's, that's how I feel. I mean, I think the national media that's criticizing it also tries to pretend like the Knicks failed again because they're not in the championship discussion yet. I didn't look at this free agent class. Yeah, it's not. There's not a big move that's going to put you ahead, right? Like the teams that are already there can kind of add pieces. You know, obviously the Lakers make a blockbuster trade and they add a pretty much a lot of key players. Those are the championship contenders: Brooklyn, you know, Miami. We are working there, and it's incremental, right? It, it we're working there. So no, do I sit here and think, oh yeah, we're we're a true contender? Obviously not. And they, but I'm still excited because I think what we did was smart. And I think we'll have a competitive team once again uh, next year. And, and I think the things that they're doing made a whole lot of sense. Um, and this, that now that we got Kimball Walker to be the starting guard, I think it makes our bench much deeper with Derek Rose and helping out those young guys. And even some of the rookies like, you know, Grimes this year, I think that Rose plays a key role into that while still playing very important minutes for us and uh, maybe down the stretch of some games here. And even, I, even I, I'm, I'm very, very happy and pleased with the, what the Knicks have done over the last couple of oh, days. Yeah. And it's definitely better than what it has been the last couple of years where they kind of sat around and waited. And, and it's like you see that meme on uh, Twitter where it's like that stick figure poking the other one with the stick going, come on, do something. Everybody, you see yeah. that all the time with the, you know what I mean? You see that all the time with the Knicks. They jumped into it. They, they you know, it, and it did draw some criticism because I, did they make an absolute big splash? No, no, no. But was that big splash going to happen? No. And because no. we had one good year, everybody goes up oh, there. They're a desirable destination again. We're trending in that way. I honestly genuinely believe that for the first time in quite some time we are, we are trending in that, but things don't just come together because you have one good year. Like that, like ESPN, I listen to them and they're going, Oh, that people are going to want to play in New York again. One good year. That that's yeah, we're building to it and we're still doing smart things and we'll we'll get there. I honestly believe that right now we didn't make that big splash, but we should feel pretty damn good about this. And I know there's some fans that are panicking and and think we could have won a different route right here. I I just think when they see when this season starts, they're gonna like what they see. 
I think they build off of what they had last year. I think we have, I, I think we're even deeper. You know, oh, yes, yeah. we still got some young guys, and yes, we are relying on the development of Barrett and Quickly and Toppin. Yeah, that's obvious. But at the same time, that's not the main. That's not the main hope right now, right? You know, we we have some of these guys that are consistently, you know, able to produce their numbers that are on the back of their card on any given night. That's what we also had. So the years past, it was, we were banking on these young guys because that's what we got. That's our core group. You know, that's, we need Barrett to take another step in year three. I think he will. He's shown me no reason why not. Took a big jump in year two. Right. You know, I, I think quickly takes a nice jump in year two uh, for him. And I like the direction that we're heading. I feel really good about this. This is the opposite. You know, JP, I'll tell you what, one of the criticisms we got over the year for this podcast is how sometimes we might be a little too pessimistic. And we're, we would say we're not being pessimistic. We're just being honest. Like we don't want to sit here and, and say, Oh God, this is going to be a disaster, but that's kind of the state that we were in. It feels good to come on here and talk about everything would go wrong. Right. And it feels good to come on and talk about some excitement. Last year was a pleasant surprise. I don't think it's a fluke. I don't, I really, I just, I don't. Um, and I, I like the way they got some of these core guys back, but added more to the roster where we, we got more scoring. I, I really do. I think we'll take a jump offensively and I it's Tom Thibodeau who took this team that a lot of the core guys that were on this team, before Thibodeau got there, we were ranked dead last in defense, and all of a sudden we're, we're the top in the league defensively. I mean, defensively, he'll get us to work, and I think we got a little bit more offense in this, and we got deeper. I mean, we, I mean, we got an upgrade from Bullock, and Bullock was great. Like I said, Bullock was great, and I appreciate what he brought to the table and the minutes that you know he gave to the Knicks. Um, and, I mean, thought he was, I thought he was solid. Farney is a better player. That's an upgrade. And now you can put Derek Rose on your bench with your second unit to help out all those things that we went into. And you got Kimball Walker, who I think is going to have a, a much better season than he had last year. I, I, I just don't see some people might fear that he might be declining, going the wrong way. I don't think he's having to take on that big of a role like he's had in his Charlotte days right here. So I think the role that he's going to do is going to be just right for the Knicks. And I, I feel confident with him being our starting point guard in the starting group. I like it. I can't wait to this season to start. I, 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 I couldn't agree more with really everything you said. It's, and you mentioned Kimba. Another thing is the Celtics are, they're good. They have great players. I think the Knicks are a better situation and will be a better thing around Kimba than anything he's had in his entire career. With the Hornets, his best teammate was Al Jefferson at center. At UConn, it was him doing it by himself all the time. And with the Celtics, it was him playing injured, desperately passing it to Jason Tatum in the hopes that he would do something. I think being surrounded by R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Evan Fournier, and even with the second unit, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quigley, I just think there's so many avenues for him to get the ball to people. And also, like you said, Randall's going to draw a lot of attention. So it'll take pressure off of him from being, you know, double teamed and having to worry about, you know, 
oh, okay, they're going to tr try and trap me. I have to get it out to somebody. Yeah. So let me just say this. And I like to joke around a little bit. I have some fun, you know, even on my radio show, I say crazy stuff all the time. Uh, like, like this year, my MV, like when we pick our MVP for the season, I'm picking Julius Randall. Is that probably going to happen? No, but I'm dead serious. I think, I think, I think Derek Rose is legitimately going to be a six man of the year. You know, can't, yeah, you might have to start some games. Maybe that hurts him, but who knows? He, I just think his impact off the bench for us is, is going to be big this year. I just have that feeling. And I, I, again, all I can say is, you know, no, we didn't have that big splash and no, we didn't jump ahead of all these contenders. We kind of, you know, that's where people are criticizing because they think we kind of maybe fallen back for some of these teams that we were ahead of this year. I think we'll be in the mix with them. I really do. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't but make that big splash to push be... us up. But I think it's the deepest Eastern Conference has been in like 20 years. You have the the top Bucks, Nets. Yeah, I, I saw a rumor that the 76ers were really motivated to get a deal done to get Ben Simmons out of there. So who knows what happens with them? But I mean, one th one through even 10 in the East is going to be a lot of fun. And I think you know some fans at the end of the year the Knicks could be a five seed or even a six seed, but still be a demonstrably better team than last year. Right. And that's just a product of the rest of the East getting really good. And teams like the Hornets who were really good when they were healthy, staying healthy and development. So I just, I'm really excited. That's another thing. Julius Randle is 26 years old. He's just like now entering his like prime and he got MVP votes, most improved player, second team, all NBA. The Knicks have a bona fide young star to build around and they have built around him and they have a great deep unit around him. And it's really just, it's so, I've never felt this way about, you know, the Knicks before. Right. Or it's been a while. Like I said, last year was a surprise. And it made so last year was, and we talked about this a good bit. 2013 was fun. Last year was even funner. It really, it was because it wasn't expected. It, it, I had this team winning 17 games. 17. I think the biggest total was uh, 20, 20, 21, something around there. I mean, you went into this with expectations of, all right, well, maybe you'll win 25 games. That would be nice. And it was just, it was so unbelievable. I watched like, you know, every, every moment I was like, wow, this is just crazy. You just had to sit back and appreciate it. Cause yeah, it was just something that had, you, you never, you don't even really see this in the rest of the NBA. Normally the teams that are projected to make the playoffs do the teams that are projected to suck do. And you know, there's some, there's like some surprises like the Brooklyn Nets a couple years ago with D'Angelo Russell and maybe the Memphis Grizzlies. But other than that, it's usually pretty cut and dry in the NBA. So a team like the Knicks making that giant leap was just so unbelievable and awesome, really. And I, and I think we kind of covered everything that we wanted to do right now, you know, uh, and I still think the Knicks are looking to make moves and may, may, maybe make that big splash. But, you know, it, it's when it's right, not just to do it. When it's right, I think I think we're moving in the right direction, and we should be excited. And, and those that are a little bit worried about what they're reading or what they're seeing or what they feel, 
I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with, with this team this season. You know, I think we'll be competitive, and that's all I ask for at this point. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to these young guys going to be playing in summer league uh, in the next yeah, you know, so, upcoming it, days. That's I, only I really four days do. away. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching that. It's a great thing you brought up the summer league. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw on Twitter that Kevin Knox explicitly yes. yeah. went and asked to play on the summer league. And I think that's just such a great, you know, humility moment to be able to go and be like, hey, I want to play on the summer league. Because I don't think he, you know, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to say that he was great last year. But comparatively to his earlier years, he made some great strides and improvement. If he shot a three from the corner, you know, I mean, you practically just – He had a little bit of a stretch at, at when his number was called where he played all right, you know. Yeah, you know, but – especially compared to his early years. And he's still only 23. So I, I haven't given up on Knox. And I think he could be a good part of the depth of the Knicks. And I'm excited to watch the summer league team play because there's so many young guys. And I liked our undrafted free agent signings that Amir Sims out of Clemson. He's, I mean, I think he could really learn a thing or two from Julius Randle. They were really similar players. Uh, just from watching a lot of Clemson basketball and watching a lot of the Knicks. So I'm really excited to watch the summer league. I can't wait until the season. And there we have it. We'll keep it right there. We'll wrap it up and we'll be back soon for another episode of the Knicks state of mind podcast. Just want to say JP, thank you for joining me this week, talking a little bit about the free agency uh, and, and the outlook from the Knicks. I uh, had a lot of fun. Hope you, I hope you enjoyed it. Joining us for the first time. Oh, this, it was, it was, my this was a lot of fun. Cause you know, like, like we talked about at the very beginning, I thought I was completely alone in Knicks fandom around here. So being able to just talk about the Knicks to someone other than my mom, which was just <laughs> humoring me from listening. Uh, it's, it's, it's really fun. This was, well, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Well, at and, least your mom will listen to you. My mom tells me she don't care. Go away. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was great. And even like my dad, you know, he kind of stopped watching the, the NBA because everyone sucked for so long. And even he would like come into the room and like peek around the corner and be like, oh, the Knicks are on. He'd sit and watch. And it was great. So the, the fun is back in the Knicks yeah. for the first time since I was in fourth grade. Yeah. So, And I think it's sticking around. I do. So let's wrap this up. And JP, we'll have you again on real soon. All right. Sounds, sounds like a plan. All right. That's going to do it for us on the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.